G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On SEM, your home of sport. It's time on. Good evening, everybody. Tell you what, someone give me a barocca. I think I need to lay down. An incredible afternoon. There's a lot of news happening by the half hour every 15 minutes, so who knows what is going to happen whilst I sit in this chair for the next uh, five hours. But welcome to Time On. It is uh, your say on the news of the day. Happy to take uh, your calls at this hour. one three hundred seven three six seven three six or on the temper text tonight, 0433981116. Borders slamming shut across Australia. Multiple states are grappling with the uh, Delta outbreak, we know the situation here in Victoria today with the extended lockdown for another week. Uh, South Australia, within half an hour, about to go into a snap at lockdown. Queensland and Tasmania announcing they're closing their borders to uh, South Australia. Uh, Victoria tightening restrictions with Sydney, meaning even Victorians cannot actually come back here. Uh, the Northern Territory uh, set to strengthen their border with South Australia, set to declare Greater Adelaide a hotspot from midnight tonight. There's a lot happening around the country, a lot happening with this round 19 AFL fixture, but Adelaide has been the real centre of all the news uh, today. So I thought right off the top, we needed to get the lowdown on a Port Adelaide, Adelaide situation that has changed by the hour this afternoon. It's great to welcome in Andrew Hayes. Of course, he co-hosts SENSA's Breakfast Show with Kane Corns every morning. Also part of the uh, Channel 7 team on the ground in Adelaide. Hazy, welcome to Time On. Oh, Beth, hey, good to be speaking to you, mate. Uh, I heard you before say you needed a Barocca. I've needed much more of that. We're trying to get our head around the fact that we're in lockdown. And if you're following the AFL and if you're a supporter of Port Adelaide and the Crows, your head would have exploded at the minute. You'd be picking up some pieces. So let's, uh, let's just sum it up. Uh, Hazing, you can take us through a bit more of the timeline, but for those that haven't been uh, listening to the radio the last few hours, so from uh, from playing Hawthorne and Collingwood, we talk about Adelaide and Port Adelaide. Uh, at home, that was the setup, of course, uh, for the weekend to uh, flying to Melbourne, to a showdown being uh, brought forward, to now going back to the airport and coming to Victoria and confirmed in the last 15 minutes... Uh, that they will both uh, play, uh, of course, uh, Hawthorne and Collingwood. Friday night, Marvel for Port Adelaide. And what's Saturday evening for um, uh, the game between Adelaide and Hawthorne? It's just, uh, I've got, I just had to think about all that for a minute. It's mind boggling <laughs> what's been happening, Hazy. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So we've been following this in the newsroom as well. So it, it all started Sunday night. So we'll, we'll go through the timelines. Sunday night, there were questions on if Port's game would be moved forward. Um, and so that was a big deal for us because we we're thinking, oh, geez, it's Travis Pokes 300, so we don't want too many interruptions. It's a big, big occasion. The other one was Hawthorne. Would they be playing uh, the Crows instead of the Dogs? So there was plenty to talk about there. Yesterday, um, so the big thing was there'd be no crowd for Travis Pokes' uh, big milestone match. Big deal there. We thought, well, we'll just get their heads around to that. And today, both sides couldn't get a guarantee they'd get a training exemption. So that was a word. They were off uh, probably for at least a couple of weeks or just until things return to normal a little bit. Um, as you'd imagine as well, there's issues with border restrictions and all those types of things with the other states saying no to South Australia. Yep. So both clubs turned up to their bases. 
bags packed um, this afternoon, expecting to get on a bus to a chartered flight, only to be told, boys, go back home, and you're not going anywhere. So then the word from that was they were going to bring the showdown forward, the Round 21 showdown forward, and say, look, we still want to play football. Mm. There won't be a crowd. Um, so instead of playing no football, we'll keep something going. So that was fine. Uh, we're going to go with that. Then, all of a sudden, uh, our very good friend, Miles Fitzner, of course, uh, one of the uh, SEN yes. family, tweeted out, big reversal, Port <laughs> and the Crows flying out to Melbourne. So what we're hearing is that's going to happen uh, at 9 o'clock tonight. Right. They're allowed to bring their families as okay. well, is what we understand. Yep. Um, so they're off. And like you mentioned before, it does make sense. Next three games, Port and Crows both playing Melbourne side before they play each other. Um, don't need to worry about training exemptions and all those types of things. And then you mentioned before, Paul playing the Pies, Marvel, on Friday night. The Crows playing the Hawks, Marvel, on Saturday night, just after the North uh, and Carlton game. So, geez, if you're playing along at home, Oof. it was a real refresh your phone every five minutes yeah. type setup. Yep. Um, and by the end of tonight, maybe by the end of time on, I think um, there'll be a fixture update where either Port Adelaide or the Crows will be playing somewhere, uh, someone on the moon. Yes. That'll be the latest, I reckon. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, there's no point writing any script uh, for the next uh, few hours. We're just throwing every bit of paper in the air. So when, when the players were told originally to you're going to be going to the airport and heading to Melbourne, how far had the, play, had the players actually arrived at the club? What was the sort of scenario? So we did that arrived at the club with uh, bags packed, right. uh, ready to get onto a bus, okay. to get onto a charter flight. Uh, just before we got on the bus, they got told, no, 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 actually, okay. there's been a, a decision made. Go back home. Uh, <laughs> we're just trying to work out which players as well actually unpacked the bags and settled or the players are just sort of maybe uh, sat back and just relaxed and didn't get around to it. So they're in the clear because they can just uh, pick up the bag and go straight out the door. The organised ones have had to repack again. Nice little inconvenience. So just from a bigger picture point of view, Hazy, I mean, we've been used to, as you know, Melburnians, uh, a lot of days in yep. uh, lockdown, it's getting tiresome. Uh, Sydney with their own situation within the space, what, about 25 minutes, uh, SA, about to go into a lockdown for the next yep. uh, seven days. Next seven days, and it's, oh, jeez, it's so unpredictable, isn't it? We were talking yesterday that one sort of case or two cases sort of popped up and before, the only lockdown experience that we've had was our little mini three-day lockdown, which ended up almost being half hoax. So we haven't really experienced it properly. So off the back of this, we're very cautious in South Australia, and it's a really good approach that our state government is taking in terms of the Delta variant and all those types of things. I, I don't know the greater details. It's way over my head. But um, it's just... And there's another... There was an extra case. The real kicker was a case that yep. was discovered from an eatery in the city... Uh, I think it was on Saturday or Sunday night. So it's going to be a big, you know, what happens tomorrow in terms of after all the testing and everything. But um, what they are saying, what the commissioner said today was they don't expect it to end early in terms of this seven day and it would be more of a a reassessed after a few days. So Mm. I think a lot of people are hopeful that maybe we get some good news tomorrow or maybe it's similar to what it was um, last year. But what we're hearing is it's probably a minimum of seven days and a bit of a reassessment from there. Okay, so in, in Travis Spoke's situation, there, there are bigger and more important things. I mean, this is a, you know, bigger than football, as we know, this whole pandemic we're going through. But we saw with, you know, Jack Revolt on the Gold Coast, uh, you know, I think his two brothers uh, got up there for his 300th last week. I mean, it's a stiff year to have a, uh, a big milestone, but you're saying that the families will be able to at least go across. And, I mean, Travis Spoke has been 
well, just, you know, the words probably don't quite uh, fit what he's done across his career. A chance to come back to Victoria. He stayed loyal to Port Adelaide, a Victorian boy, Torquay boy. He's playing a yep. huge milestone who at least will have um, some of those closest to him to come across and enjoy that celebration. Well, hopefully, and that's, that's, that's not confirmed as well, but that, that's what we're hearing, that potentially families could travel over there. And for Travis Bokes' um, situation, it, it might actually suit him even better to play a game in Melbourne with uh, the current restrictions and everything, with probably trying to get family in, etc., versus getting out and having to quarantine and things that might actually suit if uh, his parents or family members from down Torquay Way would come straight to Marble Stadium and or somehow be able to uh, get in. I mean, there going to be no crowd, so it's going to be tough, but... Yeah, it's a tough situation. Rory Sloan was in the same one, of course, for his 200, mm. which was a weird situation. So we've, yep. we've had some, some odd situations. No doubt Port Adelaide do it really well in terms of the way they celebrate their players. So next time there's a home game with a crowd, we can probably expect to just almost uh, redo it all again, I would have thought. What are you feeling? I mean, you, you obviously spend a bit of time close to the, the two clubs in Adelaide. I mean, there, there's probably some club fatigue right across the country, isn't there, Hazy? What are you detecting with the two South Australian clubs? I mean, the AFL is hell-bent on just rolling out this season at all costs. Uh, you know, let's just keep playing. We're not going to have a sabbatical during the Olympics or just a week off just to, you know, see how the borders and the country uh, looks. But what, what have you detected from the two Adelaide clubs? I think for for the the Crows and Port are probably a little bit different in terms of the Crows. There, you've got some senior blokes like Roy Sloan and Taylor Walker who have a young family, uh, and that's one thing. And those guys have been very much on the front foot, coming out and saying, "Look, we'll do whatever we need to do." There's been no arguments. There's been no sort of pushback on anything. So they've really just had this attitude of, "Look, we'll do absolutely everything uh, that is." That needs to, you know, to be safe and get the season away. So it's been an unbelievable attitude from both clubs. It must be said. And Port Adelaide on the other side of it as well. Um, Robbie Gray has got a young family, but he is injured at the moment. Apart from that, I can't think of too many blokes who might even have young families. Uh, and very much last year, they took it as a bit of a, on as a bit of an adventure. Like you know, let's let's go away and use this as almost like a a camp where we can we can get together and, and really form an extra type of bond. So mm. I've got to say, from the outside, and speaking to a few people on the inside as well, they've really, really embraced it and taken it on board and almost used it to their to their advantage. So credit to the way that they've handled the whole situation. No doubt. Uh, Hazy, thanks for the update. Who knows what's to come over the next uh, few hours. But as it stands, and Michael, just on the uh, temper text here, no problem playing Marvel Stadium. We've got a good record uh, their closed roof as well in clement weather because it's a dog's breakfast in Melbourne tonight, let me tell you. Uh, go power. Um, uh, obviously on the back of their very good win against St Kilda at uh, Marvel last week. So uh, looking for the double uh, win at uh, Marvel Stadium. How do you think, just as I let you go, I mean, look, we discuss a lot Port Adelaide over here and their top four credentials. So they've got in courtesy of their win. Brisbane not been able to get the job done last week. Em, where, do you, where do you sit on Port Adelaide at the moment, Hazy? No, I just I want to get a little bit excited, mate. To be honest with you, because internally, and I know over here, the win against Saints that was that was massive. Port have been smashed by injury over the last sort of few weeks. Mm, it's no starting doubt. to turn now. Uh, Xavier Dersmer and potentially Zach Butters, uh, a few of the young guns, Connor Rosie could return this week, uh, and then Robbie Gray is going to come back in. Orazio Fantasia is going to come back in. They've got some massive personnel to come back. The Saints were flying for the last couple of weeks, playing for a spot in the eight. Um, 
uh, playing over there as well, that was as good a win as you could possibly have for the round, I reckon. Yep. So if they get some momentum, they get this key personnel. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the fixture, but they've still got to play the dogs before the final. If they could sort of knock off that hoodoo and that top four side and get some momentum and keep the spot in the top four, they've got the talent. If they've got the momentum, I, I just, I'd be getting excited if I was a Port Adelaide supporter. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it was a good blue-collar win, uh, no doubt, last uh, Saturday. Andrew, thank you. We'll catch you SENSA at breakfast, of course, always with uh, Kane Corns, uh, which everyone can listen to on the SEN app uh, right across the country, mate. Uh, really appreciate your time. Cheers, baby. Speak to you soon. Andrew Hayes also, uh, of course, fulfilling his role with uh, Channel 7 over in Adelaide. I reckon we'll get a break in. We'll come back, open up the lines. It is your say on the news of the day. There's plenty to run through. I'll get to that. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Anything you want to weigh into, if you haven't had your say today, 0433981116 on the text. Time on. It's a busy Tuesday night. On SEN, your home of sport. Time on. Welcome back. Rod, <laughs> what's going on with Rod at the back? This is very uh, melodramatic. I, I need a lift. I've got a big night ahead of me, Rod. I had to have a Barocca before coming on air, dealing with all this football news. I need some sparkly tunes, uh, if you don't mind, <laughs> coming up tonight. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Brett Phillips in the chair tonight. There's plenty going on. We just caught up with Andrew Hayes. The whole situation with uh, Port Adelaide and Adelaide, who were going to be in Adelaide, they weren't going to be in Adelaide, they were going to be in Adelaide, and now they're going to be in Melbourne. So it's been an unbelievable uh, afternoon. We'll update the entire fixture and more to come. But Max is out in Williams Landing. Uh, Max, welcome to Time On. Good evening, BT. Hope you're well. Thank I you. just wanted to find out, uh, regarding Charlie Cherno, now I'm a coffee member, and uh, I know Ed Cherno's um, 200th, I think, is coming up. So would it be against North Melbourne that they would try and unveil Charlie Kerner or do we have to wait another couple of weeks for him? Because I reckon if he's... Because um, the season's only got, what, four or five games left. You don't want to um, only give him one or two games. He's been out for two years. You want to give him some some time to get into um, into the actual... Not the vehicle, but the AFL... Um, the best 22, and I'm sure he's going to be in our best 22. I just want to know uh, how they're planning on unveiling it. Well, all, all we know, Max, is, I mean, Charlie had a run around on the weekend. I think it was an intra-club. I think it was originally slated as a, a VFL return. Of course, VFL uh, footy put on hold uh, for the moment, uh, not for the first time, much to the frustration of all in that industry, the new look uh, VFL this year. And we've heard David Teague certainly talk about uh, Charlie to say, look, let's get a couple of games under his belt. He's missed a hell of a lot of football uh, the last couple of years. If he's if if physically he stands up okay, if his form uh, warrants, and depending where Carlton is situated over the next uh, five weeks, I think they'll they'll make that call around all those circumstances combined. I mean, he's one you wouldn't want to uh, rush back just for the sake of uh, rushing him back. I mean, you, you want him up and running for twenty twenty two to play a full season. It's almost like the forgotten man, isn't he? Charlie Kuno. It's been that long uh, since he's played some football. So I think it's just going to depend on what sort of match play he can get under his belt over the next uh, couple of weeks. He needs to get out and play some games of footy, which has become a little bit more difficult at that tier down uh, from the AFL. So uh, uh, let's wait and see. But 
We all want the best players to be playing footy as regularly as possible. And when you scan down the injury lists at a lot of the clubs, gee, there are a lot of players missing. So many good players missing. But that, I mean, that is footy, but we'd love to have a lot more of them back, it would be fair to say. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. A lot of news uh, bubbling around, uh, not only with the Port Adelaide, Adelaide situation, but the news around St Kilda Ruckman, uh, Rowan Marshall today, being told to isolate for two weeks after being exposed at a Tier 1 site. Of course, over with the Saints, who flew out after their game on Saturday against Port Adelaide to do their quarantining in Perth ahead of the game against West Coast uh, coming up on uh, Saturday. Uh, the Saints' Chief Operating Officer, Simon Lethleen, did join Julian Destoop and Bob Murphy on drive this afternoon to explain the situation regarding the Saints' uh, key ruckman. Rowan became aware of, um, in the updating of uh, exposure sites that goes on every 24 hours, um, that he'd been at a Tier 1 exposure site um, last week, uh, which only which only got listed on Sunday night. So he made us aware of that. Um, we've alerted the AFL and gone through all the usual protocols and, and everything else now with the authorities. So he now needs to isolate uh, for 14 days, which means he'll be unavailable for this weekend's game against West Coast. Um, but based on those timings, he'll be available for our Round 20 game, wherever that might be. Uh, it meant last night at about oh, 8 o'clock Perth time we had to uh, all isolate in our rooms until further notice so had our breakfast uh, delivered to the door and um, yeah didn't uh, get out of there until about an hour ago once West Australian authorities had had a chance to assess um, the protocols we'd been under and we've all had three tests since that time on, and all members of the travelling party have been negative including including Rowan so uh, they assessed all that and um, then permitted us to, to go to training now and continue on our quarantine plan with the government here. So, yeah, it just disrupted us for 10 or 12 hours, but um, there's not a heap we can do here anyway. But, um, yeah, so we're all just confined to our rooms and, and uh, getting on with business that way. OK, so that was the latest with St Kilda today and, and unfortunately for Rowan Marshall, I mean, as we know, is so pivotal to uh, that St Kilda lineup. He and Paddy Ryder combined, they're a much... Uh, better outfit, so that's a, a huge blow, uh, certainly uh, as far as the Saints are concerned. Uh, the Western Bulldogs, Cody Waitman has signed a two-year extension, which will see him at the club until the end of 2023. How good has he been to watch over the last few weeks? Getting his opportunities, had to bide his time uh, to play regular senior footy, but plenty of enthusiasm, prepared to jump on a couple of shoulders, just scout the packs, he's busy. Uh, added a great dimension uh, to that Bulldogs uh, forward line, no doubt. Uh, GWS forward uh, Bobby Hill, he's returned to New South Wales to be with his pregnant partner uh, in consultation with the Giants. He made that decision to fly back home on Monday morning. So GWS is still hopeful that Hill can rejoin the Giants in the hub and and they certainly hope that his partner can too once the AFL sets up the uh, transition hub for family staff and other players. Uh, who are, uh, of course, uh, linked as uh, part of uh, all of that. So we'll wait and see what happens with uh, with the Bobby Hill situation, but understandably, uh, certainly wanting to return home. Uh, Brisbane had some good news today. Lockie Neal uh, should play uh, this weekend. There were certainly reports out of Brisbane earlier today. I think Michael Whiting was uh, reporting that he'd hurt his shoulder at training, uh, came off sort of... Uh, clutching that shoulder. Uh, Brisbane have confirmed uh, Lockie did um, fall on his shoulder. He got a bit of a stinger. He's completely fine. Uh, going to be playing uh, this weekend, which is great news 
for the Brisbane Lions. And also with Brisbane, uh, the news that uh, forward Lincoln McCarthy is inked a new three-year deal today, which will see him at the Lions until uh, 2024. And he's spoken, Lincoln McCarthy, on the Lions uh, website today. Yeah, I've obviously um, been really lucky to, to uh, be given the opportunity in the first place um, and then to be re-signing. Um, I'm obviously stoked. I've really enjoyed my time up here. Um, the club's been great in supporting me to, um, to get my body going. Um, and, yeah, so just really enjoying it and really thankful that I can uh, be here for another few years. So that's uh, the latest there with Lincoln McCarthy, gone from injury-prone cat to... Uh, regularly playing senior footy, which is uh, great for him. Your say on the news of the day, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You can weigh in at any time. Uh, Sydney expects a star midfielder, Kellen Mills, and his isolating teammates to be available to play as soon as they complete their mandatory period of isolation uh, through... Uh, of course, though, the quartet will miss this weekend's uh, clash with uh, Fremantle. So Mills, Harry Cunningham, Colin O'Reardon, Callum Sinclair will miss uh, two games in total after they attended that Australia-France rugby match uh, last week. They've uh, been reclassified as a, a Tier 2 COVID-19 exposure site just an hour before the uh, Sunday Sydney derby, which uh, we saw, of course, go down in the last uh, 48 hours. So the four players are now uh, restricted to modified training programs in their hotel rooms. Uh, but uh, John Longmore informing us earlier today that they should be available for the Swans match against Essendon in round 20. So that's sort of all the COVID stuff that we can update. Uh, Geelong's Sean Higgins, interestingly, has elected to challenge his charge for a written submission to the tribunal with the outcome to be communicated tomorrow. So he had been charged with staging uh, during the second quarter of that match against Fremantle last uh, Thursday night, and the first offence for staging is a $1,500 sanction. So we'll see how that plays out tomorrow. The other sanctions... Uh, that have been accepted. Uh, Josh Tracy of Fremantle accepting a $2,000 sanction for engaging in rough conduct. Uh, Sam Minigola uh, likewise. Uh, Toby Nankervis, a $3,000 sanction for rough conduct with that dangerous tackle against Joe Danaher. Uh, Shy Bolton accepting a $2,000 sanction for rough conduct against uh, Hugh McCluggage. Uh, Charlie Dixon accepting a $3,000 sanction for striking uh, Brad Crouch of St Kilda, Cosie Pickett accepting a $2,000 sanction for engaging in rough conduct, Kane Turner of North Melbourne accepting a $2,000 sanction for striking Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, uh, Jai Simpkin of the Kangas accepting a $3,000 sanction for tripping Devin Smith, uh, Taylor Adams accepting a $1,000 uh, sanction for wrestling uh, Zach Fisher and Fisher himself accepting a $1,000 sanction for wrestling uh, Taylor Adams of uh, Collingwood. So... Uh, that is all the uh, the footy news uh, going around. Later tonight, we'll uh, talk to Australian basketball legend uh, Michelle Timms. Uh, this story uh, continues to grow with Liz Cambage. The Australian basketball great Andrew Bogart says what Liz Cambage is alleged to, alleged to have told Nigerian players in a closed scrimmage is absolutely disgusting. Hoping that um, she gets help she needs and can bounce back from her mental health issues. So, as we know... Uh, Cambodia has pulled out of the Opals uh, Olympics campaign. A bit uh, playing out in the background here, but I'll have a chat to Michelle Timms, Australian basketball legend, a little bit later on tonight to uh, get the lowdown on that. And interestingly, just the other bit of news coming out of the Olympics today, uh, International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bark has admitted to underestimating the complexity of staging the 12-month delayed Tokyo Games. Speaking at the opening of the 138th IOC session, the annual gathering of members from around the world, 
He said, quote, we had to keep these doubts to ourselves. We had to give confidence. We had to show a way out of the crisis. We had to provide ability to build trust and give hope. More than 80 members who have arrived in Tokyo from all parts of the globe for the meeting were told that the IOC never considered abandoning the athletes. We would never abandon the athletes. We took an unprecedented decision. And today, I can admit, I didn't know how complex this would be. The only certainty was rather than cashing in on insurance, we would have to invest much more to make these games possible. There was no blueprint. No one had done this before. We would only take this decision because of the mutual trust between our Japanese partners and ourselves. And there's a a fair bit there. Of course, Mr Buck said during the pandemic, the IOC had allocated an emergency aid fund of $150 million for athletes, uh, 80 million US for national Olympic committees around the world, including 650 million directly relating uh, to the costs of postponing uh, the Tokyo Olympics. So uh, that update uh, certainly uh, coming through uh, today. So plenty of footy news. Uh, The Olympics, of course, uh, we're going to talk to uh, Zach Langdon from the West Coast Eagles uh, very shortly uh, as part of uh, time on uh, tonight just to get the lowdown over there in the West. But also happy to take uh, your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the news of the day or on the text 0433981116. We'll do that next on Time On and the Eagles, Zach Langdon to join us. On SEN, your home of sport, Time On. Indeed it is. Brett Phillips in the chair tonight. Your say on the news of the day, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Zach Langdon from the Eagles coming up uh, very shortly. So if you're just catching up, of course, uh, all the drama coming out of Adelaide today with Port Adelaide and Adelaide and where their fixtures were going to be scheduled. We received last night, of course, it was going to be Port Adelaide and Collingwood at the Adelaide Oval on Friday night. Well, that is now uh, going to be played at Marvel Stadium. And, of course, the Crows Hawthorne was slated for Saturday night at the Adelaide Oval. That also is going to be at Marvel Stadium. So a double header at Marvel Stadium uh, with the Carlton North Melbourne game earlier. Still what hasn't been exactly confirmed is the Essendon uh, Giants game, uh, slated for Sunday to be confirmed as far as venue and time. Jason McCartney uh, from the Giants was on uh, SEM Breakfast this morning on uh, how he's reading the situation right now. I think that, that obviously with the fixture being released, this game and venue was a... a at TBC. So it's obviously Essendon's home game. I think they'd be holding out hope as a footy club that if something changed, let's not lock it in now and leave it to the possibility for, for that. But uh, you would imagine, and things can change daily, you would think it would end up being up here. But uh, like I said, it's Essendon's home game. So we're happy to just sit and wait. And we'll, you know, like last week, we found out a couple of days before where we're going. So we'll adapt accordingly and we'll be fine. Okay, so more to play out on that air. TBC next to uh, that game at the moment. Uh, Jason McCartney also updating Gary and Tim earlier today on SEM Breakfast uh, here in Melbourne on uh, the Josh Kelly situation. Yep, so Josh rolled the the same ankle in a game uh, about a month ago when we played uh, Carlton up at Giant Stadium. So uh, he just tweaked that again, uh, had scans yesterday. He's he's likely to be available for this week, so obviously we'll getting through some training this week, but that's a real positive that there was no, no serious damage there. Sam Edmund, our main newsman at uh, SEN, of course, with us uh, right throughout the day through the various uh, programs. We learnt yesterday that Asava Radagalia had put pen to paper on a new contract at Geelong. Sam, with a bit more news on a few more cats earlier today. But the cats have been busy at the contract table, so 
There are fresh deals soon to be announced on two of Asava's teammates. One of them is Jed Buse, a dependable defender. He's agreed to a multi-year contract as well. Might even be as long as three years for Jed Buse, who's just played such an important role for the Cats. And Grian Myers, who's made such an impression in his first four seasons at the club, has also committed, perhaps for another couple of seasons for Grian Myers. Quinton Arkle, Charlie Constable, they're the players whose futures are still clouded. Neither had any rival interest last year of note, enough to convince them to leave the Cattery. Now, that might have changed for both of them eight months on, even if the player movement looks to be a lot quieter this off-season. So that's the play out. Okay, Sam Edmund with the latest on the Cats. We'll keep an eye on that one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or you can get us on the text tonight, 0433 Kevin says, what a joke that Tracy Afrea didn't get suspended. Shocking act that could have led to a spinal injury in terms of that fine. Uh, easy fix, Geelong and Richmond can play at Cadinia Park to free out the MCG for the South Australian teams. The AFL should have footy frenzy again for two weeks to speed up the season to get it finished. Have a bye, then finals. Caroline Wilson, Jeff Kennett, their use-by dates have expired long ago. Some of the thoughts on uh, the text. Um, Ed Kerno might have listened to Ed Kerno, who spoke uh, today, of course, from a, a Carlton uh, perspective, uh, just on uh, his recovery as an important player in the, the, at the back end of the season for the Blues. Ed Kerno. I wouldn't say I'm the best role model. I'm a bit unconventional with... Um, I don't really like massage. I don't really like physio. And I don't... Um, I don't really like being touched, I suppose. <laughs> I love the doing and the action parts of footy. I love training. So I've always put a premium on just being out there. And no matter if you're sore or not, you should be out there. And I also love... I love the ocean. And I love the outdoors. So for me, um, recovery is more about doing other things than football. Ed Kerno, interesting to listen to from the Blues uh, uh, earlier today. Every, everyone goes about it a uh, different way. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. your say on the news of the day, 0433981116 on the text. Uh, we'll bring you a, a few more of the chats uh, right throughout the evening. But Jared's uh, editorial and his kickoff of his show uh, was interesting today. I think everyone's weighing into the Alistair Clarkson, uh, Sam Mitchell situation and what's going to unfold in the short term and the long term but Jared earlier today on SEN. Here's what we know. Alistair Clarkson wants to continue coaching Hawthorne. Jeff Kennett wants Sam Mitchell to coach Hawthorne. These are two statements of fact and they are mutually exclusive. A succession plan only exists to facilitate the change that Hawthorne desires. It wasn't a carefully orchestrated concept months in the planning with the elder statesman ready to usher the apprentice into the job. It was a shotgun arrangement with only the briefest conversation between Clarkson and Mitchell before it was publicly announced. I remember standing with Mick Malthouse before his final Anzac Day as coach And he said to me in an interview as clear as day, I've lost my job. Kennett can bluster all he likes about what he's concocted, but it doesn't take a great deal of insight to know Clarkson feels precisely the same way. He's losing his job. This manoeuvre owes far more to politics and power than it does to football. That was clear on the day that it was announced and it's become clearer with every day since. 
and holding back change, marking time for a year in football, well, that's typically disastrous. In consecutive weeks, we have had detailed reports from Tom Morris and Caroline Wilson about the misgivings within Hawthorne over how this will play out. So that was Jared earlier today. I think plenty of people have had their opinions on it, but if you want to weigh in further, you can do that your say on the news of the day. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. It'll be fascinating, isn't it, to see how it pans out. I mean, I'm always one that you take someone on their word, and I think Alistair Clarkson absolutely will uh, honour his uh, contract, but I think I heard a few comments today that it might have been Leopard that said it. You know, even when your club's flying, when your club's not going so well, there's a lot of argy-bargy going on inside footy clubs. There's egos, there's opinions, uh, there's there's a lot of um, testosterone, there's a lot of head-butting, robust discussion, as I used to love to call it, at local level when I was involved in uh, in local footy. Parking egos at the door and just trying to get um, the best interests of the club at heart. But there's a lot of opinions that get thrown into what is uh, the best interests um, of the club going forward. But for a guy that has served the tenure and delivered... Gee, you hope it's going to be a nice exit for Alistair Clarkson. However, that that does look over the short or the long-term period. A break, uh, more of time on to come, and we'll hopefully catch up with Zach Langdon from the Eagles on a Tuesday night, a busy night of footy news, and still plenty to come, you would think. On SEN, your home of sport. Time on. Welcome back to uh, Time On. Zach Langdon from the Eagles in just a moment. Let's have a chat to uh, Nick in Campbell, who's been good enough to give us a call. one 736 736 Hi, Nick. Hi, mate. How are you? Very good, thank you. What do you got for us? Uh, just a quick one. I, I'm a, um, I'm a, I'll preface this by saying I'm a Melbourne supporter. So um, I'm a massive fan of Alistair Clarks, and I, I think that what Hawthorne has done with him is really pretty poor, to be honest. I... I just uh, reckon that he'll, this guy will go down. It's probably the greatest coach of not the modern times, if not all, probably all time. And he'll go on and coach, I reckon, another couple, couple, another club and probably take them to a premiership. And I just reckon his whole thing with Sam Mitchell's uh, they've jumped the gun and they're going to regret it, I reckon, in times to come because, you know, Mitchell's, Mitchell might be a good coach, but he's going to take a long time. And I reckon if anyone's going to pull Hawthorne out of, the, out of where they are at the moment, it's going to be Clarko. So, yeah, I just uh, I, 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 I don't know where they're going as a club, really. Yeah, look, Nick, there's no easy way to deal with it when you've got a long-serving coach. I mean, there'd be an argument to say that Kevin Sheedy stayed too long at Essendon. I mean, 27 years at one club, and, I mean, you know, when you hear it from Sheeds himself, his own account, that he, he was pretty close. I think the board call was really close a few times when his contract was being renewed and it was maybe one vote that got him over the line. Not to say, you know, taking nothing away from the great coaching career that he had, but I suppose in reflection was 27 years too long. So he's... He's Clarkson, who's obviously achieved, you know, so much. But um, there has to be a time. So everyone's got a different uh, opinion of when is the right time. And I, I think only the people internally can make that call because we're all speculating and, and having our own judgments from outside. But the people inside know the dynamics, the relationships, the the vibe, everything else inside a footy club. So there'll be a million opinions around it, but... All I, as I said a little bit earlier, I mean, he deserves the greatest of exits from Hawthorne for what he has done to take a club who is pretty much at rock bottom to uh, four premierships. 
We're going to go all the way across the other side of the country. Uh, it's great to catch up with uh, Zach Landon from the West Coast Eagles in this AFL season that is, uh, well, taking twi- twists and turns by uh, by the hour. Zach, uh, really appreciate you coming on time on for us. No, nah, no worries, guys. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, no doubt you're keeping yourself in, in the loop. There's a bit going on, isn't there? As an AFL football, there's certainly more to contemplate than a, than a normal season. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, that's for sure, mate. Um, yeah, it's a bit a bit up in the air at the moment. We kind of don't know where we're going to be um, next week or in three weeks. So it's just, um, yeah, just I suppose reading and whatever comes in from the club and um, you know, obviously the high people in the AFL. It's it's forever changing. So um, yeah, I suppose we just got to keep on our toes. And if that means going somewhere else or um, you know, everyone coming here, we're not too sure yet, but. Um, I suppose you just got to adjust on the run. Zach, to the part you can control or certainly have some influence of, and that's what happens uh, out on the ground. I mean, the previous three weeks to playing Adelaide were obviously a pretty tough time for the club with the losses to, um, of course, the Bulldogs, Sydney and and North Melbourne. So how good was it just to get back on the winners list as a group, regardless of how you played or the method or the personnel, just to actually get a, a win again last weekend? Yeah, for sure. It was. Um, I think we just wanted to go out on the weekend, and um, you know, Simo made it pretty clear. Obviously, you want to win in footy, but we wanted to go out there and just do ourselves proud, and um, you know, just play with a bit more spirit and um, and play together as a team. And I think we really did that um, on the weekend, and we're obviously really disappointed on the last, you know, three weeks. And there's probably been a couple more games during the season where we've, yeah, been a bit. Um, bit flat during the week, obviously, um, looking at our results. But, um, yeah, it was really nice to get the win on the weekend and um, hopefully we can build some momentum now. Oh, I think it absolutely evident that first quarter intensity was certainly there around the footy. I mean, when you're in the rooms, you've played a lot of games of AFL footy. I mean, can you, can you tell if the group's more up than not? I mean, can you detect that sort of stuff? I mean, you often hear coaches say, I think the players are in a pretty good frame and... They look pretty pumped up. They're together, and then they go out there, and they're not quite as um, well, not sort of you know, quite as demonstrative as they maybe have been in the rooms. I mean, can you get a, a feeling around just you know pre-game when you're running out? Yeah, it's a hard one. I think um, I, for myself, I, I used to try and come into every game feeling the same, and um, it it was weird when I'd come into games feeling really relaxed. And I said to a couple of the boys actually on the weekend before the game, I felt really relaxed and. I didn't know if that was the right thing, but um, I think that we could see it in each other's eyes and the discussions we had kind of during the week. And um, yeah, I think that's where we get our confidence from. It's like on game day, it's just about acknowledging the way you feel in the morning or leading up to the game. Um, but yeah, I, I think we could tell inside the rooms and the work we'd done during the week that we were ready to go. I mean, footy clubs are pretty good at sort of blocking out the uh, the outside noise, but when you're in a a two-team town, it's probably more pronounced than, say, here in Melbourne. How have you found? I mean, you're a Perth boy, you've gone back home and and closer to those that uh, love you the most and a part of your life outside of uh, footy, but how's it been to get back to, sort of to the, the Perth footy bubble and the, and the scrutiny, I suppose, that comes with that? Yeah, it's. Um, I reckon it was a, a bit tougher earlier. Um, like you said, there's only two teams here and um, it's probably in the spotlight a bit more and, and everything you kind of do gets judged and Especially, you know, coming from Sydney, um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't very much footy based at all, and and you could get away with just about 
you know, anything. You could go out on the streets and you know, it didn't matter if you played really good or poor, you, you know, you wouldn't get scrutinised about it. But I think um, I think the club do a really good job of, you know, preparing you for that and, and not looking too much into it. And um, I suppose for myself, just not taking it on board as much as I used to is, is um, a big key to my... I suppose well-being and, and how I attack it every week, and um, you know whether I play good or bad. It's you know I know I've you know given my best effort, and that's all I can really do. And, and people will say what they want. So, how have you found just integrating into this Eagles team? It's been a, a year where the, the team has been disrupted a lot, like a lot of clubs. To be honest, when I look down the injury list of a lot of clubs, there's a lot of good players in the competition who are out on the park uh, regularly. So you've got to go to the whole squad who have got to play their part uh, when needed to, uh, to to step up. But how have you found just, you know, going from the Giants across to West Coast and the type of role you were playing or the role you've been asked to maybe play is a, a little bit different? Can you give us some insight into that? Yeah. Um, I, I kind of didn't know what to expect at the start um, when I got here. But, um, yeah, it's been really exciting, I suppose. Um, you know, I've been in and out of the side a couple times and... Um, yeah, I suppose Simo and, and the other coach has been really clear on what kind of they wanted me to do in, in terms of my role and, um, you know, becoming more of a permanent um, player in the team. And I think I think my roles have been pretty similar um, from for both teams, obviously, as a high half forward. But, um, yeah, they're, they're really good with me and, and letting me, I suppose, grow as a player. And um, I suppose the coaches around that are, are really keen on... Um, you know, letting us all play our roles, but then playing with a bit of freedom as well. So it's it's nice. What, what do you think we can expect from West Coast from here, Zach? It's been a, a team that's been sort of hard to read in terms of the fluctuating form. There's no doubt the quality of personnel at the Eagles. Uh, everyone that knows a bit about footy can certainly see that. And is it almost like whatever's happened to this stage is just irrelevant? I mean, the, the campaign now really starts, doesn't it, in terms of the, the build-up to finals? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's um, obviously we can look back on the on the year, and um, you know, there's a couple games or a few games probably where you know we know we should have won, but um, yeah, we're really not trying to dwell on any of that, and and we're really excited for these last um, six games in the regular season or five games. Um, and yeah, I think a few years ago when the Dogs won from um, seventh or whatever it was, really showed that. Um, you know, regardless of what happens, if you're thereabouts um, in the race and, and you hit your form at the right time, you can get it, you know, you can obviously play in a granny and win. So we're we're definitely um, really hopeful, optimistic, and, um, you know, the boys are putting the work in every week and, and our belief's just growing from here. So, uh, yeah, it's really exciting. And in about 20 seconds, just a, a thought on the Saints. I mean, they've been very good for a few weeks, had a poor game against Port Adelaide. What springs to mind immediately when you think of the of St Kilda and their strengths? Yeah, well, even talking to the boys, we, we know when they're on, they're one of the best in the competition. And, um, you know, if, if we get their best, that's obviously what, what we want because we want to be playing some of the best teams coming into finals. And, um, yeah, we think they're going to bounce back uh, with a strong performance. But I think... Um, you know, we, we've gained a lot of confidence after last week and, and the system we're running at the moment. And, um, yeah, I just hope for a good game. And, yeah, I think I think it'll be a ripper to watch. Looking forward to it. Uh, I think that's one guarantee that 
you guys are going to be in Perth. There's a few other question marks about the round, but West Coast and Kilda are certainly to play in Perth uh, this week. Uh, thank you, Zach. Appreciate the uh, chat and, uh, and good luck for the rest of the year. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, mate. Zach Langdon, of course, uh, originally a Perth boy, went to the Giants, uh, back home to Perth and on the Eagles list uh, this year. They'll need their smalls around their three big tools to, to really fire from here. We know that the marking... Prowess inside forward 50, but Jamie Cripps outstanding at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, what do you have? The 25 disposals, five goals, 13 score involvements. He, Langdon, need to really get their games going from this part of the year. That's it for Time On Sporting Capital. Coming up after 7 o'clock. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.